everybody, welcome to RPG Cast, episode 265 for the week of May 4th, 2013. That's right, it's May the 4th be with you. Happy Star Wars Day, everybody. Happy Star Wars Day, Emmanuel Marino. No, man, it's free comic book day. Ooh, even better. Happy free comic book day, Emmanuel Marino. You need to go to a local comic shop get some free comics? I think I am. I already went to the Frog Pants store um, over at frogpants.com, and they're doing free free signed prints today, so that's cool, too. Um, which is, yeah. And then, what else we got? Oh, happy Star Wars comic day, John Yearworth. Uh, yeah, happy Star Wars day. <laughs> Do you guys have free comic book day in, in Britain? There is a comic. There is a, like a couple of co- local comic book shops, but I have no idea whether or not they run this or not. Well, they should. There's I'm a website sure. called Free Comic Book Day or something like Free Comics, and they'll use. There's a store locator. You can do all of it. Yeah, I'm, there's I'm a not huge sure. list of comics too. Because like, there's a new Star Wars comic, Superman, Batman, uh, Mass Effect comic, Walking Dead. If you go to FreeComicBookDay.com, you can see a video from Hugh Jackman promoting it. Yeah, I think. I think the only other problem is um, the the local comic book shop will be closed by now as it's quarter past five in the evening. Ah. Well, that was silly of you. There's also a bunch of sales. Like, uh, you could pick up a bunch of games on Steam, a bunch of Star Wars RPGs, you know, like the the two Star Wars RPGs or other stuff for really cheap. Uh, There's big sales in the Mac App Store, and even Amazon is having uh, May 4th made the fourth be with you sale. Uh, I think the amusing thing is the only place that doesn't appear to be celebrating May 4th is uh, the Old Republic. (laughs) The one that needs the most money. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Where where do I find this App Store sale? What's this, Manny? Oh, Aspire. The one who did all the ports. They, like, you can get Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Oh, the Mac App Store. Okay. Yeah. Ah... Or Steam. There's like a bundle where you can get like uh, like every Star Wars game for like 50 bucks. Or 50 less. bucks? Or, or, less. or buy just the good ones individually for yeah. discounted prices. I was going to say, you probably already have most of the good ones. I, I think I Given do because there's like three of them, right? Yeah, well, I mean, because they've previously discounted like... Uh, they've discounted um, like Knights of the Old Republic down to like stupidly low quantities of money before. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, is that that's in your opinion? That's all that's good, huh? Um, I don't know. I can't remember the contents of the bundle. <laughs> well, there's like Jedi Knight two and stuff like that. And yeah, like, I got Jedi Academy for four dollars. I thought it was worth it. Yeah, I think I already have. I think I have a disc copy of that like buried in my PC game co- or like old PC game collection somewhere. I did like Dark Forces, the original. That was fun. Hmm. Apparently, Star Wars Battlefront two isn't that awful. Oh, and a few of the Starfighter, uh, like Star Wars, the what's those? Ah, the GameCube ones, and then the uh, Rogue ones. Squadron. Those are good. Well, so I have heard good things about all those games you guys just mentioned, and the and the uh, RTS one, right? Yeah. Unlike Star Trek, Star Wars had a long history of good, fun games. <laughs> and Star Star Trek has a small history. Hey, now the SNES Star Trek game was all right. Uh, no. yeah, which one? Wait, which one? I don't know. A few of the, a few of the PC ones weren't bad. 
Bridge Commander. You mean like yeah, Bridge Commander, the Star uh, the Starfleet Academy series? Because I mean, I remember commenting about uh, Star Trek Online when it originally came out that it was basically just the, the combat system from Bridge Commander and, and Starfleet Academy, but ported into Chris, an MMO. SNES game. Were you talking about the Next Generation game? Yeah, that's actually the worst version of it. The Genesis one is the better one. Oh, really? It's actually finishable, and it actually is much better. And it has like diplomacy and choices. Oh. Yeah, it's a much. Check is out it... the wiki. They're completely different. Like they just left out a bunch of stuff of the. Uh, not the wiki. Like check Wikipedia. They have a bunch of stuff left out of that one. I had no idea. I just remember really having fun on the planets, making all the guys walk the exact same path that you walk, even if it makes no sense. Um, the pathing of the game oh, actually, was not the wasn't the Force, the Force Unleashed pretty good? It was okay. Well, you get to crash a Death Star, or a Star Destroyer, rather. But I have Yeah. The second one was much worse, to the point where it's probably not even worth playing. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, Comic Book Day. Which has just turned into Star Wars. Oh, wait, because it is Star Wars Day. All right, good. May the fourth be with you. May so the fourth. It's both yeah. day. <laughs> it's mo- both day. <laughs> Yay. All right. We got lots of feedback this week, so let's jump on into it. First of all, we got some corrections um, from person whose name I forgot to put into the box. Let's see. Where is it? Feedback. 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 Ah, from Alan. He said some great stuff this week guys but some factual inaccuracies regarding nintendo number one the nintendo directs are covered by mainstream media and the news has appeared on cnn in wall street journal etc and yeah it sounds like the past three nintendo directs have had that sort of coverage so well come on like what one little article are we talking about like full-blown e3 coverage and live live i think just articles and stuff right yeah but i mean i've seen like aliens chrono marines reviews in forbes like on a Forbes website and, yeah. oh, it was like the worst review I've ever seen. But still, there's that, you know, if, if that's what the kind of stuff you're talking about, I don't, I don't know if that quite counts. Yeah. Because hmm. that kind of stuff is like relegated off to the side. I don't know who it was. It was the Wall Street Journal or Forbes who did the Alien Clone Marine, and they gave it like a nine. And, <laughs> and, and I'm not joking. And the lady said it was an amazing experience and it was exciting and fun. And it was just like, I read this thing. I'm like, oh, you are so out of touch. This is probably like the first video game you've ever played in your life. Why are you reviewing this? <laughs> so bad. That's funny. So bad. <laughs> oh, and then someone in the comments, like someone in the comments who was obviously a, a Gearbox shill said, what? You gave this a good score. <sighs> GameSpot or IGN didn't give it such high scores. And then she's like, well, I guess we just have different brains. Imagine that. Uh, We just have different brains. (laughs) Number two, regarding the E3 press conference stuff. There will be smaller events for press and investors slash retailers separately. The press one might even be live streamed, he says. That is not what I've heard at all. The press one isn't even really an event, it seems like. It's just more like we're letting people play the game, play the games. So, like, maybe they'll have people, like, camera behind someone as they play games. But this is very exciting. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But I, I, we certainly haven't been invited. Um, let's see, what have we been invited to? I've gotten an invite for EA and Xbox. Yes. Which we're trying to transfer the Xbox to you since I won't be there. Um, yeah. If not, I'm just going to log in and change the name on the invite and see if you're able to get We've done that, that before. 
I think you just need to bring the barcode with you. I don't think yeah, they yeah. check Yeah, and we've changed the name thing before. Literally, yeah. we've just said – I think we did that one year for me and then one year for you. Mm. I think we alternated <laughs> from Max invitation. Anyway. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, and we, apparently Sony's uh, invites are out. I think oh, Targo from the PlayStation Nation has got his. Did he? Okay, he was complaining that he hadn't gotten his two days wait, ago. Wait, wait, wait. So. He hasn't. Two days ago he hadn't, so. Okay, good. Because if he hasn't been invited, then then we don't have anything. But that to was worry two about. days ago, so maybe he has now. I didn't. Uh... I just saw on Facebook that he was com- that he said uh, all registered for something. Um, uh, it's it's yeah. coming down to the wire, though, pretty soon, and then pretty soon we're gonna get Ubisoft invites that we're gonna ignore. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just saying this is all becoming a reality now. It it's is. Happened. It is. Um. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, it sounds like Sony did go up, go out. Yeah. So we have not gotten a. Ooh. So, so they did go out. It sounds like it because uh, he was retweeting people from other sites who didn't get invited to Sony. So, yeah, it sounds like Sony's out. Yeah, registration done. He got it a day ago. Because this E3's conference signups. This is what people tune into this podcast for. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, well, so yeah, those are out, and we're not on it as usual. We usually it takes us a while to get into Sony every year lately, so you'll get in, I'm sure. Mac will Mac will make it happen. All right. What are you gonna do at E3? I won't be there. Anna won't be there. It sounds like no one else will be there. It's just gonna be you and yep. someone else. No. Not just well, you? we'll see. Maybe there's maybe one person from the site who might come, but. What about your special contractor you bring every year? Nope. Nope. She's not there? All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'll do? What? I'll hang out with other local press and I'll get their exclusives. You should. Yeah, you should. I'll be like, so what did you see today? And I'll just record what he said and just, and just bring it back to you and say, okay, I got a bunch of got quick interviews. Exclusive in- interview with Joystick. <laughs> yeah, I just asked them, so what did you see that you liked today? And I just bring it back. I'm like, oh, it was pretty good. <laughs> We're not reporting on the conference, reporting on the press. It's meta coverage. I like it. All right, what else we got? Uh, from Brennan says, talking about portable RPGs, I have to side with Anna when it comes to Final Fantasy IX. While the battle system was simple and linear, the art and character design and story were great. My wife is normally a casual gamer, but when I introduced her to Final Fantasy IX, she was hooked. She actually considered the random battles as just a necessary hurdle to overcome to advance a story which is what drew her in. Looking at the new Final Fantasy XIII Lightning Returns gameplay, it looks like a progression of the more action-oriented gameplay of Final Fantasy X-2, when Yuna gained the ability to jump and climb. And I just know Chris is excited about the chance to play Underwater Blitzball again when Final Fantasy X Portable is released. On that note, what was the point you think the Final Fantasy series jumped the shark? All right, let's see. When did it jump the shark? Well... I guess you could argue that if you like the old school versions, Seven is where it jumped the shark. It yep. became a completely new like sci-fi fantasy series. Yep. I, I, I would agree with that. But then again, that's when some people jumped on the shark and wrote it yeah. <laughs> to its current state. I mean, so it, it just depends what you want. If you want those old fantasy style RPGs with like light sort of dustings of science fiction or like steampunkness. That's... Yeah, people who are looking for PlayStation era Final Fantasies, it jumped the shark at 11. Because 11, 12, and 13 have been very different from those. Yeah, so I guess... But then again, some people would argue that 12 was like the best it's been in years. I would, but not everybody would. 
So, you but know. I know. But then some people say I loved Eleven and I spent more time playing Eleven than I spent in all playing all the other games combined. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, really I, I think Final that's Fantasy. because it's actually accurate in my case. <laughs> so you know, a lot I, of people. I can't criticize anybody. I mean, it's it's what what. I, I hate the fact that Final Fantasy, like those, we wait, we talk about Final Fantasy as if it's like the next Grand Theft Auto game or something, or you know, or the next Assassin's Creed. It, it, okay, it used to garner that level of attention. Well, I don't mean attention wise. I mean gameplay wise and like story beat wise. It's there's all they have in common really is a, a title and like the, a magic naming system and a few like similar monsters. It's a fundamentally different game each time. Could uh, maybe we could uh, maybe could say that we just hate the phrase "jumping the shark." The yeah. phrase "jumping the shark" has jumped the shark. Yes, yes, it has. So I you like know what? I'm, amaz- I'm amazingly meta. If you just think of Final Fantasy, is just it's sort of like a a Nintendo seal, a Square Enix seal of approval. On, a, I mean, it, it could be anything, and and I'm not going to begrudge you for liking one over the other. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, that's it. I think that's the even-handed response, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, Manny. Honestly, I think Tactics is my favorite, and it's not even a mainline one. That's such a good game, but yeah, it's 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 kind of a different series. I I don't know if I if I'm having well, a it's the tactical RPG branch. I, that's that's a game that was branded Final Fantasy just to, for sales. I feel like they're they're all branded Final Fantasy. <laughs> I mean, but I'm not trying to be, like, cynical about it. I mean, it's just, like, literally, like, okay, we're going to make a new numbered Final Fantasy. And so they bring in all the biggest – I think that all that means is they bring the biggest players they have at Square Enix. They set them down and say, all right, let's make a brand-new game, a brand-new world, a brand-new everything, brand-new battle system. So what are, what are going to be the little touchstones that we touched upon? Oh, here's our version of the Chocobo this time. Here's our version of the Chocobo theme. That's all it really means, right? So, Just sort of a philosophy, like we're gonna be, be, we're gonna be, we're gonna spend the most amount of money and bring our best talent in, and they're gonna we give them full free reign. Hmm. It's gonna be the best we can do this time. <sighs> I don't know. I people need to be more original, but at the same time, I want to see more chocobos. So this is hard for me. But yeah, but if you take out the, if you take out those little touchstones, then it really isn't a Final Fantasy at all. What do you have left? Hmm, that's a good point. So what we need to do is wait for Square Enix's financial situation to continue to deteriorate until they're at the same point they were when they made the first Final Fantasy, and then it'll be an actual Final Fantasy again, and maybe it'll save the company again? No? All right. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I think Wolf in the chat's trying to say that Final Fantasy was changed significantly in, in this fact that what that it's more cinematically oriented now than yeah. it's used to be the top liner but that's just the big guys at the top have changed right that's what Nomura wants people like oh I'm being told by Funit Mom that the Final Fantasy story is a myth which that's news to me that Final Fantasy was going to be their last game until they got the finances through uh huh yeah. is it I don't Is know. that apocrypha that we make it that we tell each other around like the, the the RPG campfire? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I In the like old days, Nick was going to fall apart. They had one last chance. He's saying it's, it was called Final Fantasy because of fighting fantasy, which I don't even know what that is. 
I don't know, man. What's fighting fantasy. All right, someone write in and, and, and correct us. Funamon, write in podcastrpgamer.com. Give us the full story. All right. Moving on, we've got, uh, let's see, Brennan says he's playing Dragon Fantasy. He's really loving it. It's um, inspiring him about, or it's reminding him of back in the day. He would have, he thinks if it came out for the NES, it would have been considered a masterpiece back in the day. Um, <laughs> no, but it's easy to say now. I know, right? <laughs> uh, he wants to know if there's plans for Dragon Fantasy Book 2 to come out for Android. Uh, Anna isn't on the show today, so she can't really pass that on. I think there will be, but I don't know. Um, maybe not because Sony's kind of given them a lot of money. So we'll have to see. Um, sorry, can't answer that. How are the preparations for the wedding coming? They're coming and they are never ending. There's always wedding planning going on. Um, we are getting married on June 1st, Brennan. Thank you for, for inquiring. TikTok, <clears throat> list of the month. All right, let's see. I'm mostly looking forward. Oh, this is from Balance. Uh, and this begins our section of people telling us what they're looking forward to in 2013. So Balance says he's mostly looking forward to Grim Dawn, which is from Crate Entertainment, um, a.k.a. Iron Lore Letter T- Entertainment, apparently, the makers of Titan Quest. It's an action RPG, so he's really excited for that. Uh, let's see. And, uh, oh, also, he's playing Path of, Path of Exiles right now, so that's another one, because that's technically in beta. So if you're into action RPGs, I guess Grim Dawn and Path of Exiles are your games for this year. Which I really need to get into Path of Exiles because I'm in that beta. I should play it more. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think same true, actually. Did you ever finish Torchlight 2? Yeah. All right. We finished it the first, like, a day or two after release because we had it early. So let's see. Uh, Kazrico says he's getting Dragon's Crown despite the odd art style. Uh, let's see. And he's playing Dragon Quest 2 and Dragon Fantasy 1 back-to-back here, which is kind of weird. And Dragon Fantasy 1 is quite faithful to the old tropes of Dragon Quest. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let, oh, he gives us a whole list of stuff he's looking forward to in 2013. Here we go. Uh, top-tier titles for him. Muramasa Rebirth for the Vita. Disgaea D2. Ease Celsetta. Shin Megami Tensei 4. South Park, The Stick of Truth. Time and Eternity. I don't remember what that is. Time and Eternity? I don't know. Uh, Time and Eternity was Toki Totora, I believe. Well, that doesn't help me at all. Okay. It's a Nisa, it's a Nisa game that I think okay. we've covered before. Dragon Fantasy Book 2 and Dragon's Crown. So Out of are that the, list, yeah. is the biggest budget, like our big console RPG release just Stick of Truth? Yeah, I think so. Which yeah. apparently is still on track. I, I thought Stick of Truth had been delayed to 2014. I thought I so think too. Ubisoft recently said... It's still on track for 2013. Hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's got a list of games he will get this year and never play. Tales of Zillia, Rune Factory 4, and Project X Zone. <laughs> and then games he's not even sure if he's going to buy. So I don't know why they're on his list. But Soul Sacrifice, Final Fantasy 14, Reborn, and Valhalla Knights 3. Oh, don't play. Don't get Valhalla Knights 3. Don't encourage them to make more, Hall- more Valhalla Knights. Come on now. All right. Shaman writes in and says, hey, the second half of the year is reserved for Pokemon with a side of Zelda for the 3DS, that new Link to the Past. Um, on the console front, it's basically Final Fantasy X HD because he hasn't played the international content yet. And so if he hasn't seen it, it's new to him. So there you go. NBC would love you. Hmm. Don't remember that was a catchphrase for a while. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Watch all the reruns. And he also mentions the E3 stuff. 
you know, if, if Nintendo ends up having a small press conference at nine Eastern on the fir- or nine Pacific on the first day of E3, how's it any different? Well, I think well, it's it will- different because less people will be invited. I don't think less it'll people- be as hugely produced and and cool as they usually are. So. And it's and it really like does sound like from everything I'm hearing from other outlets, like uh, Giant Bomb, like everyone else, it's just they're literally just opening, letting people on the show floor early to go play these games. Yeah, that's not an event. All right, uh, Ryu Mao. Is that how you pronounce that? Ryu Mao. I I can't I can't say this name. Ryu Moao. Okay. Anyway, the only RPGs he's looking forward to this year, or she, I don't know, um, are Tales of Zillia and Kingdom Hearts HD. I may get Final Fantasy X HD as well after I learn more about what effort was actually put into the HD remaster. <laughs> it's a positive attitude he's got. <laughs> Uh, Strawberry Eggs says Pokemon X and Y are at the top of my most wanted list. Not far behind it is Shin Megami Tensei 4. Though not quite as expected, I'm also looking forward to Project X Zone. Two things, though. SMT4 is, like, right around the corner, right? Yep. But... 2013. No, I'm just talking about, like, the last half. Yeah. June, July. I mean, not June, July. The only thing that's last half that people care about seems to be Pokemon and Zelda. Oh, that's right. I keep on forgetting about Zelda. But that's not really an RPG, but yeah. So I'm thinking Pokemon and maybe Stick of Truth that comes out like late November are the two biggest RPGs at the end of the year. Yeah, it looks like that. Uh, And X and Y, I'd rather be playing Mugenics at this point than Pokemon XY. Mugenics? (gasps) You don't know what Mugenics is? No. What's Mugenics? Oh, Mugenics, the crazy cat simulator sim being done by uh, Ah, Edmund McMillan. By the meat people. But yeah, like it's one part Pokemon, okay. one part Pokemon, one part uh, Animal Crossing, one part Crazy Cat Lady. When's Sim. it coming out? Uh, probably by the end of the year. Okay, well, I'll worry about that when it comes out. It looks weird. All right. <laughs> Do you... I need to send you the article from Game Informer. Oh, so yes. You can read that. I love reading articles. All right. Uh, Ryulin says, I'm looking forward to Project Exxon. Yeah, I guess Project Exxon keeps coming up here. Muramasa Rebirth, Shin Megami Tensei 4, Tales of Zillia, and E. Salsetta. Uh, I think that means I'm barely buying anything in the fall, but I'll probably be playing catch-up anyway. <laughs> yeah. I guess this fall is backlog time. Let's see. I pasted that twice accidentally. Whoa. And everything just went blank on my screen. Hello. I lost my outline. Hold on. Um, I thought I had this. This is not... Oh, I pasted the wrong thing. Okay. Um, hold on. The next one is... Or is that after? Okay. So, Ocelot writes in and says the following. Riddle me this. (laughs) Number two. Any interest in Batman Arkham Origins? Not really. It doesn't have the right guy doing the voice, so no. Well, it's not even made by Rocksteady. Oh, really? This mm. is a B team, not to be mean. Well, maybe they'll do a good job. <laughs> maybe they will, but like the Rocksteady's moved on from the Arkham storyline. They're doing a brand new Silver Age Batman. <laughs> They've moved on from Batman to do Batman. It's a different tone of Batman, though. Well, what is Silver Age Batman now? Uh, think of Batman in the you know the comic book era where he was he where he had uh, the blue cape and cowl. Oh, that's a boring Batman. It's a different kind of Batman, and there might be a lot more superhero friends coming in. Uh, That's that's Lego Batman, then. No, no, no. Silver Age is definitely different. Hmm. 
Hmm. Okay. It might be a little bit, you know, maybe more superheroics. More. Who knows? It's going to be. It's interesting, and different. This one is just. This is like. Well, you know, it's an origin story. I, I just don't know. We'll have to see. And, and I hear there's going to be multiplayer included. Yeah. It just seems like they're making all the wrong. Like it's, this was very the much green wrong things for. that don't need to be in a Batman game. And just like a Batman that probably doesn't need to exist. Batman's not a team player. Therefore, should be no multiplayer. <laughs> All right, number one. Best Easter egg or secret you've ever found in a game. Did you stumble into it or find it from an online FAQ? Ooh, best Easter egg. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Best Easter egg. Hmm. I should remember this. This should be obvious, but why can't I? Mm. I'm completely drawing a blank. This is a hard question. Because, like, once you've found it, the surprise goes away. Mm. And it doesn't stand out anymore. Hmm. Oh, I know there's a good one. It's in my head, but it won't come out. Manny, do you have one for us? No? Uh, um, well, oh, uh, I don't know. The, uh, the developer dungeon in City of Heroes was hey, quite funny. Hey, there you go. No, actually, there was, two, there was two. There was a developer dungeon... And there was uh, uh, there was uh, one that actually got you a badge called Egg Hunter, which was a small bar with uh, two with two character two developer characters inside, which was hidden behind a crate, which was quite hard to find. I know I can think of one off the top of my head. I was yeah. playing a Binding of Isaac, and I used one of the tarot cards like in a room, and I got this sort of like broken store dungeon, the glitch room, Ooh. a glitch store. And like Edmund McMillan, the guy who who drew all the art, was hanging from the ceiling. Ah. And there was a bunch of like I, the oh. rooms. Oh, out. the um, the I am error room in yeah. Binding of Isaac. Yeah, there's basically it's a one in one hundred chance if you activate a teleportation item, you get teleported to the I am error room. And I did it by accident, and then I ended up in this I am error room. Like, and I'm just like, whoa. What the the I obviously I am error being a reference to that character from Zelda Two. And there's always, there's always, um, it's either, I think it's either like two, uh, pickup items or like a bunch of pills, sometimes yeah. money, but it always contains a trap door to the next level. So, you know, it just happened. I was lucky enough that it happened right when I had that special card in the right room. So that was like, like I said, a one in 100 chance. So I could have done it another time and it never would have happened. So I thought it was, hmm. that was pretty good. Hmm. I'm going to go with an old one then. One that I, I got the most use out of. And that would be the the cow level in Diablo 2. And I certainly did not stumble into that. That was totally from FAQs and, and info from online. But I spent so many hours in there in leveling my character. So oh, I did, uh, uh, the, the inclusion of Whimsy Shire in Diablo 3 was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that one just doesn't have the staying power of the cow level. I think it, it feels forced. You know? you know what feels super forced? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, was the the Easter egg in uh, was it Armag- uh, Red Faction Armageddon where he had the rainbow? No, the <gasps> unicorn. Oh, is that forced? Gun. Oh man, the, but the unicorn shoots rainbow farts or something. Come on, that was oh. so forced. Oh, all right, fine. <laughs> all right, number five. There's a lot of stuff on Kickstarter. No surprise, but pick something you'd like to see kickstarted: a game, a book, a music album, anything. What would you get? What would get you to chip in at least 50 bucks of your hard-earned cash for it? Hmm. Yes, hard questions. Um, 
a new Babylon 5 series, I would totally chip in at least 50 bucks for that. I'm going I'm like going a big. Full I'm series? going TV. Yeah. How much money would it need? I don't know. <laughs> Aren't a lot of those actors too old or dead? Uh, but it could be a new series in the universe. Picking up with a new crew or something. I don't know. I'd rather just see sci-fi pick it up and give it the kind of money and attention. Yes, the sci-fi is known for, you know, really supporting the series for... Well. Hey, we saw Battlestar Galactica long after it became... Finished long after it became crappy. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. Ugh, and they greenlit Defiance. Uh. Which I hear is okay. In a really, like, kind of cheesy, hokey kind of way. Do you, do you have one something that you'd like to see kickstarted, Manny? I have no idea. <laughs> I, it's weird. I'm like, what would I want? I don't know. A video game that, that appeals to all of my specific tastes <laughs> and delivers on all of the promises they've made. <laughs> yeah, that's likely. Uh, it depends. I, like, even the best. I, I, we, they have to deliver, though. We haven't even seen half the games that have come out that have been Kickstarter. Yeah, um, but we've seen Kickstarter enough to know that there's a good chance it'll happen. I don't know. Star Command didn't really deliver. Yeah, but who supported that? I didn't support that. Did you support that? I didn't even know about that. No, I only supported FTL. I think that the, uh, I'm trying to remember actually. All the stuff I've kickstarted, which ones I still have outstanding. I think because FTL delivered, that's done. I'm waiting uh, for Stri- Shadow Run. Yeah, Strike Suit Zero delivered. Shadowrun comes out like soon. Uh, I think the ones I think the ones on Kickstarter I still have are Star No Star Citizen was done outside Kickstarter. Although I think they did they did a like a supplemental Kickstarter, but I supported them straight through the uh, straight through their website as opposed to through Kickstarter. Um, I'm kind of I think uh, that one I will consider like semi delivered when they deliver like a playable alpha beta client for it. You know, I, 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 considering the sort of the low amount of money I put into that, I'd consider that sort of, you know, something I can play is more than enough for the money that I've paid put into that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, Goddess, which is Peter Molyneux's one. Um, that's still sort of ongoing. Did you support um, the new Obsidian Entertainment game or Project Eternity no. or whatever? No. Or the low British game? WRPG. Me, WRPGs. Okay. No. Okay. Um, Wasteland 2? Did, did got... Sorry? Wasteland 2? No. <laughs> oh. Book of, did you do the class of heroes? Oh, there's no, Jagged Alliance. Actually. full. There's Jagged Alliance flashback that's being kickstarted right now. Ooh. If you back it even at $5, they give you all the Jagged Alliance games. I'm still awaiting the... For five um, bucks. I don't know what Jagged Alliance is. Is that a thing? I, I've never heard of Jagged Alliance. Okay, well, this new version thing, like X, NDXCOM. Oh, okay. I'm still waiting for the Double Fine Adventure. That has a name. But now. we know that's happening. Yeah. And even if they don't, it doesn't happen, it's a disaster, I got a good documentary out of it. Yeah, good point. All right. Uh, which uh, which Gundam thing do you want kickstarted, Quinn? Sorry, what? Which Gundam related we... thing do you want kickstarted, John? I don't know. Some things are kind uh... of. I remember once that uh, before Kickstarter, but it was like still a fun crowdfunding platform. It may have been early Kickstarter. Uh, some people in Detroit wanted to wanted to crowdfund a Robocop statue in the city of Detroit. Yeah. 
And people thought um, it was actually, so dumb and so frivolous that Peter Weller joined up with another group of people and they said, for the money that you're going to spend on a dumb statue, we can feed the hungry people of Detroit for two years. Um, I think it's for, I mean, for something like kind of really like minor or something smallish, um, I'm not sure if Gundam Sentinel was ever localized, which was a, uh, it was either a light novel or a graphic novel. So I can't imagine it would. T- I can't imagine it would cost that much to pay someone to translate it, and it may have already been done. Oh, you're bringing it to a new level if we're talking about kickstarting translations and releases. Of course, because then I have a lot of I have a lot of things I would want. Oh, to really? Like what? Well, I want to finally play From Mission Five. Mm-hmm. I would. I would totally pay some kick in some money to actually get that brought over here. Uh, I would like to see some games brought to the iPad. Maybe a From Mission Three, From Mission Two. I want. I would totally kickstart a Devil Survivor on iOS. Devil Survivor uh, SMT Four, not SMT Four, but like some of the other. Some, there's a lot of stuff I would totally just like maybe help fund, bring to new platforms, or actually get translated. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right then. And finally, number four. I know this is a video game podcast, but it's springtime, and I have to ask: What sport in real life? Do you currently play or maybe have played in the past? On a related note, on those beautiful sunny days, what do you like to do outside? Outside? Yeah. I like to go for I like to go for a jog outside, and I don't play any sports. I haven't played. I don't play. Like, somebody tried to... The only sport that matters, StarCraft 2. StarCraft 2. There you go. Esports. Those are the sports I play. (laughs) What about you, John? John doesn't even know what sports are. Damn it, my microphone was muted. Um, I was going to say Quidditch. No, I I don't play Quidditch. I don't have a broomstick. I have a brush, but no broomstick. Um, Which basically means, yeah, I spend most of my time. Because um, David spends uh, quite a lot of time watching League of Legends, I, well, watch League of Legends. Have you played any sports ever? Uh... Back when I was in school, I did. What what sports? Well, I, there was the ones that I had to do as part of just being oh, at school. Gym the ones class? that they forced yeah, us to that do. Doesn't count. Yeah, but I mean, like we we actually had to because we had what we called PE physical education, which yeah. was um, in both the schools I was at. That was done like indoor. That was like indoor stuff. Um, occasionally, sports like uh, like indoor sports like badminton and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, we, um, the, both the schools that I went to also had what we just informally called games or a games afternoon. Um, in the first secondary school I was at, which was uh, quite a small school located right in the middle of Bristol, um, the playing fields were actually located like four miles out of town because uh, that's, that's where the nearest fields were. Uh, so there was one. There was one afternoon every week that basically we would have to. We'd sacrifice half of our lunch break to be put on uh, coaches that would drive us out to these fields, and that's where we played uh, outdoor sports like um, sort of hockey, rugby, uh, that sort of thing. Hmm. Cricket. Since I was a private school, which means we had to play cricket. We didn't play football. <laughs> Funnily enough, no, not really. Weird. Yeah, no, out of no, all, I think posh, like, posh people like the one that. times we played, like the one time we played, like the few times we played football, it was actually part of the the we we played indoor football. Hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, we played we played the, we played the posh stuff, like you know. I know cricket. Man. football's the, the game of the common people, Chris. <laughs> yeah, oh, cr- I cricket. See. The one 
cricket was the one that kind of struck me there. Uh, and then basically after I uh, developed cancer, I found an excuse to never go to a physical education class ever again, even Good. though I was only treated for four months. So Good job. That's, that's working the system. Yeah, yeah, I, I will. I, I admit to working the system there a bit, but that's because I absolutely hated it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, oh, right, right. Now we have an audio voicemail. So let's play this. Hey, RPG Cast. This is in regards to Manny's question of the week. The console RPG I'm most looking forward to this year is Shin Megami Tensei 4. While it's not technically on a console, I'm anticipating this game way more than the host of low-risk budget titles NIS is releasing. And while Tales of Zillia excites me, it's still a two-year-old game we're just now getting. I know people have been down on the visuals and questionable price point, but Atlas has been putting full console experiences on the handhelds for years now. And I trust this game to be a fully engrossing 80-plus hour, can't-miss JRPG experience. I've looked at the release schedule, and I don't see a single other game announced for this year that can make that claim. By the way, my answer would have been Yakuza 5, but I'm not holding my breath. 40 out of 40 in Famitsu is hard to argue with, though. Thanks, and keep up the good work, guys. You mean, how much do we pay Famitsu for the review? <laughs> Can't be hard to argue with. Now, wait a second. Did, okay, so he's he's looking, and I'm supposed to introduce him as... Oh, gosh. Uh, Tsubaki Samurai from Ohio. And... Uh, Thank you for the question, Tsubaki Samurai. Yeah, and, it was nicely produced. Yes, it was very well done. That's that's how you do an audio question, by the way. Short, to the point, good quality. Um, and so SMT4, right? That's that's his game. Um, but I, I think it's weird that he, he writes off Tales of Zillia as not counting as a, a long, engrossing JRPG experience. Don't you? Well, only because it's been out for two years. <laughs> but not here. Well, no. All right. I mean, I finished it. A while ago uh and you know going back to our list earlier a lot of people brought up smt4 so that seems to be one of the big that's that's it you know that's, yeah but but that's like now that's now that's you're right it's not the end, end of the year. year but it'll take so long maybe this is one it'll of those years it's like, remember, remember back when you got to play all the rpgs because there weren't that many of them i remember i that. guess but then i also expect like the big the biggest stuff at the end of the year that's what i always mm. remember FF like FF10 came out at the end of the year, that kind of stuff. Like and Skyrim came out at the end of the year. And SMT4 isn't till July, so it's not that soon. That's summer though. That's and you summer got release. okay. So how about Mario and Luigi Dream Team? Yeah. And okay, there you go. That's August. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning Rich. Oh, that's next year. Uh, I don't know. I give up. I give up. Uh, I think he's right though. You know, you want those big produced. JRPG experiences that's meant for our demographic and SMT4 is like the big one that's going for it. (laughs) You play them on the handheld. Yeah. Yep. All right. Maybe it was wrong. Uh, I guess. But even in that case, I I still don't see anything for the fall slash winter. Just the backlog. Pokemon. I'm happy. I'm happy with a backlog year, to be quite honest with you, because I got so much of it. So. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I just, the problem is if we see a trend next year also being lean, then um, we have issues. Yeah, what happens if every year's a backlog year? Well, I have probably a five-year backlog, so I will be okay. The rest of you guys right. are screwed. I don't know what you're gonna do. <laughs> I've, it, you know, it gives you time for retro gaming and bringing your own challenges to games, and 
I don't know, watching competitive StarCraft or something. I don't know. Wait, was there a big RPG release this year? Like on the scale like Mass Effect 3, that kind of stuff? This year? Fresh my memory. Yeah. Um, like this past year? Yeah. Wasn't Mass Effect 3 released this past year? I thought it was last year. Yeah, last year. Oh, you're talking about 2013? Yeah. Oh. No. I mean, No, right. I'm not like No, there's nothing. No, no, no. Nothing big was released this year, was there? Like are you going to count Monster Hunter? <laughs> no, I'm uh, just saying like so there wasn't like a Skyrim or a Mass Effect 3 or like a big budget Dragon Age, nothing like that. No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, there wasn't even Diablo 3. That was last year too. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no, there was nothing nothing huge like that this year. Oh, huh, okay. So no. this is the one-off year. Yeah. Except it's not an off year if you want SMT4. It's well, an on year. Yeah, I, I there's nothing. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> All right, uh we 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 did something out of order. I forgot to do uh, what we've been playing this week. So let's uh let's get into that. And I'll kick it off. I've been playing more Dark Souls. I'm now in Anorlando, and the Silver Knights are bitches. And uh, anyone who's played that know what I'm talking about, and I'll just leave it at that. And um, as for uh, WoW, I'm continuing on that. Item level 508 for those keep playing along at home. Manny, I hear you've been playing something this week, right? Um, I've been playing some more Devil Summoner, and I guess my update this week is more, more existential. Than just the usual blah blah blah. Yeah. So as I play this game, uh, I start to wonder a few things. Like I've, I've reached the point where I let us. I'll just say this: I let a ceremony conti- or a ritual continue. I'm that part into the game. I'm now I'm about to go into the giant, like a living tower. But like the the way certain things are phrased and the way the, the way uh, certain situations are presented, I can't tell if later in the game they're going to be like you know they're sort of like bringing up these sort of like these issues. In this manner, like, there's nothing you can do about it, or, like, this is the best of a bad situation, or this is tradition. If we don't do this, it'll be bad for these people's way of life, or what, like, these kind of, like, notions that seem, like, very, very Japanese. And I'm wondering, are they, is this because this is just, are they setting this up so that later in the game, this stuff sort of gets, comes crashing down, or they sort of come down on it, and and they explain, like, oh, yeah, all that stuff we told you before, there are better ways to do it. Or those were sad, but I just don't know if they're going in that direction or if this is like fundamentally just a very, very sort of Japanese worldview that is sort of – I guess it made me realize a lot that there's like an, there's there's definitely an artistic voice, an ethereal voice in a lot of these games, in a lot of video games that you don't usually. I guess you don't really think of it that way. You never think of it like a video game as this is someone's voice mm-hmm. and they're sort of voicing their worldview and their opinion into it, and you don't not, might not necessarily agree with it because like when you play a lot of big budget games or like maybe like the Call of Duty the summer, it's not really trying to say anything at all. It cares more about explosions or it cares more about. But then I guess you can say the fact that like Call of Duty Black Ops had Ollie North in it. They're sort of maybe uh they're sort of maybe sort of or like the you know, they're saying stuff or maybe at least agreeing or validating 
certain people, which is like problematic in its own right. Or the fact there might not be any positive female characters may be saying that these people live in this sort of – but it never goes to the point where you're like, oh, the fundamentally the way these people see the world or the way these people value traditions is completely different from the way I would or maybe this one person in particular. So was, I, I'm just sort of in the, at this point right now where I'm like just sort of trying to wrap my head around the unique Japanese-ness of the story. Yeah. And I'm noticing it more now than I probably have in the past because I'm maybe more aware of it. So it's long-winded, but it's just – it's interesting though. I mean there was some of that in, in games like From Mission 3 where the way – it was very much a game written by a Japanese nationalist and how they saw their worldview of how Japan needs to be the sort of power in the east and sort of – you know, just it was, it was interesting. So it's interesting to see this take. And I'm, I'm, I have no idea where it's going to go. And if it and if it doesn't go sort of like in the direction I'm thinking, it'll be a very different experience that I'll be excited to talk about in more depth. I don't have to talk around. I'm going to spoil this game eventually, people. I'm not going to talk around this no more. Next time, I'm spoiling it. Next time, we're spoiling right. it. Okay. It's it's hard to talk about this in like around the actual thing you want to say. Right. Okay. But the That's thing, fine. the reason why I'm talking around it, because I don't know if people are still playing along, and like this, the point that I'm at is, is after you like two, like three chapters of investigation. Okay. So you know, if if you came in now and you or you didn't get to this point now, it's like, oh well, thanks for spoiling all the stuff I've been investigating for the last, <laughs> you know, like right. ten hours. But I don't know if you ever had that experience when you're playing a game and you definitely see like this is the author's point of view of the world. I'm not quite sure I understand or agree with it. No, nobody. Um, no, I have. I I have. Um, it's just, you know, there's only. I just write it off to you know Japan having a very humanistic um, view of the world in their in their RPGs. And humanistic. So, yeah. yeah. Can you give me an example? Humanism. Um, basically, where a lot of a no, lot I mean of, like an example in the game. I know what you mean, but I'm, I'm oh. surprised you bring that out. Uh, because a lot of RPGs are, are focused on humanism and the power of the human spirit and how you can overcome things just by believing in yourself. Uh-huh. And um, it, it, you know, it's, it's a different philosophy than a Christian worldview. Oh, that's what you mean. But at the same time, I feel like that's just sort of like the I, – I, that's something that – I can see sort of a strand of that and stuff like as, 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 as uh, innocuous as G.I. Joe. Just believe yourself, Jimmy. You could do anything. That's good. You know that's what I mean? Point. No, no, that's true. And then the ones that really bug me uh, aren't so much that, since that's kind of normal. Um, would then be a lot of the self-sacrificing endings that are in Japanese things, where <laughs> you can't have a happy ending. Somebody needs to die. <laughs> what was a Mass Effect guilty of that too? Um, well, possibly. Uh, who knows? Yeah, no, I, I'd say Mass Effect was guilty of that. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying, though. It's interesting, though, because I guess I didn't take into – you know, that's that's why I wanted to have this conversation because you brought something up very – that's interesting. You grew up in a very – I would say a very a very Christian household, right? No, it's – I came into that more later. Um, okay, but yeah. it still influences a lot of your life, right? Absolutely, your absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even coming to something that I view as just sort of like, well, innocuous or, no, or just not even – Something I would notice personally, you did. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious if people would even notice what I'm talking about now. All right, I'm spoiler warning for like the next minute. Okay, everybody, spoiler alert. Let's give for, people time. Uh, for, uh, 
someone's someone's running across the room like, no, I'm playing Devil Summoner 2 right now. Hold on. I need to turn this down. All right. For like the okay. next two minutes. Right. Okay. So I reached a point in the game where after much investigation, I figured out what this guy who I've been looking for is actually trying to stop. So what he what it turns out is that his uh, there's this clan of Fukoshi, which are ninjas that use bugs for attacks. And apparently in the past, they used to live with these these monster people in their village, but they didn't like them because they were weird and deformed. So they pushed them into the mountains. It's this weird thing where there's basically a deformed group of people lives underneath the village. And every generation or so, they sacrifice one of their daughters to these people so that these, so that these uh, the foreign people would give them the bugs that they use to, to sort of assassinate people. So basically, they sacrifice one of, one, of the, one of the Lord's daughters to these people so that they can uh, maintain their livelihood as a group of ninjas. And what happens to the woman that they sacrifice is that she becomes basically – Apparently, the, the these these uh tento—they're called the tento lords—they can't have children on their own. So what they do is they take a human woman, and I guess as a group they all have sex with her or rape her, and then they she gives birth to all these tento these new tento people, and uh, she does this until she goes crazy and is used up basically and sort of discarded. It's quite disgusting, really. Yeah, and fundamentally it's like there's these weird things where fundamentally i don't want anything to do with it i i like i agree with the guy who's trying to stop it, like which is her brother he's mm-hmm. doing all this stuff to try to stop this ritual i'm like yeah i want to help him this is gross i don't want to be any part of this and uh but there's these weird things where it's like well what would you have these people do would you have these people destroy their way of life and their livelihood I'm like, yes, who cares? It's modern Japan. You know, because it's like in a, in a weird way because it's like this is at the dawn of moder- the modernization of Japan, right? So like for me, like seeing these people, like, well, I really don't care. I feel like I don't care. Give up your way of life. Give up this. You don't need to be freaking bug ninja assassins in the modern world. I mean, how much longer do you think this is going to make this is going to be able to work in the modern era? I mean, how long before there's a railroad station, like a train station right before, right through here, or this entire area becomes like farmland or gets modernized? It's not going to last that much longer. Stop sacrificing your, your women so you can assassinate people with bugs. I mean, there's other <laughs> things you could do. Do you, do you know what I mean? The fact that you have to say that. Stop sacrificing your women so you can, <laughs> so you can assassinate people with bugs. <laughs> like, that's normal, you know? Um. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like this weird thing. Like, like, there's a fellow devil summoner there who talks to you, and he's like, well... Everyone's trying to say, like, well, it's, a, it's a rough situation. What would you have these people? I'm like, no, it's not a rough situation. This is freaking gross. Here's Stop my question. It. Why the hell are they assassinating people to begin with? Why, I don't why know. do you need to be a ninja village? The, the worst part is, though, is that the ninja village works for the same person that the devil summoners work for. Oh, for goodness sake. It's like, we don't need both of us. We both do the same job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird, though, because, like, it's it's... It's sort of like the way it's sort of like in a, in a weird way the movie the the last samurai and how it was sort of the sad remorseful thing for the samurai like oh my right. goodness there yeah. goes this and the truth is that the ending of that era was the best thing that could have happened for normal Japanese people yeah because no it was because you know this feudal Japan was a country ruled by an elite class less than ten percent of the population everyone else were peasants often hungry or peasant revolts constantly during the Tokugawa era mm-hmm. I mean the Let's be honest. The sam- I mean, we look back on these samurai like these great noble individuals. Well, oftentimes they were thugs, taking advantage of peasants. And it's a great time that we went from that era, from a rigid class system, 
to a meritocracy where people can actually rise through the rank or like, show, you know, but of course there was a whole problem with World War II. And, you know, but basically, though, it, be, it was great for them in the long run that this is all set aside. And so sort of to hear all of this stuff, it, it, it seems very wistful, like people looking back like, oh, remember those good old days. When we were ninjas who assassinated people with bugs? Those good old days. So I'm wondering where this game is going with it because I was looking at one of the wikis and like my response was like I don't agree with this ritual. I think it's bad, and I got like a chaos rating, like plus twelve to chaos instead of plus twelve to lawful. I'm like really, I'm chaotic because of this. So I'm I'm wondering where the game is going. I'm wondering if this is setting this all up Mm -hmm. to go somewhere interesting because some of the some of the consequences though unfortunately of of this guy and this main character Don trying to stop his sister's ritual is that he unwreaked un, a whole bunch of havoc upon the Tokyo I mean uh, around the the capital area the Kanto region mm-hmm. so it's really like this so like I I still need to stop him because in the process of him trying to save his sister by getting all this power he's but it's weird though cuz he's trying Don himself is trying to walk this line yeah He's trying to walk this line where he still wants to maintain his parent, his his village's livelihood with the bugs, but also save his sister. So by doing that, he wants to become the lord of the Tentos. It's this weird convoluted story. He wants yeah. to become the lord of the Tentos by by unleashing gigantic bugs that he'll become the master of. And then the Tento lords will have to listen to him and give the bugs anyway without sacrificing the dog. I'm like, why are we doing all that? Why can't we just go down there and kill every last Tento and be done with this? This is what I'm thinking. Why do we need to walk this line so he could – like either way, everyone wants to maintain this little bug village. It's like it's okay for some traditions to die. It's, it's okay. We don't need to do this. But it's – it's like I said, I'm still early on. I want to see where this is going. So like four more chapters. So by the end, this could all come back around and everyone realizes stuff. But there was – I'm thinking it's not going to go that direction though because – even some of the other main characters ask me questions every now and then. Like one of them asked me – like there was telling this sort of allegorical tale about a similar situation with like an ancient story about how these uh, these uh, the foreign people moved into a village. They were immigrants and they – through their skill with uh, metalworking, they made the village very rich. But then the people became sort of xenophobic and pushed them out. So the village leader reluctantly exiled these people so that they would be safe. And they asked me, was that the right thing to do? What would you have chosen? Coexistence or would you have exiled these people? And I said, well, I would have chosen coexistence. And he's like, really? Would that have been okay if they would have stayed behind and they would have been basically a, a second-class citizen in this society working to make these other people rich? I'm like, no, dude. That's not the only solution with coexistence. How about tolerance? How about <laughs> you know, – I'm thinking there's other things that can be happen. They don't have to be – Second-class citizens, well, they live with us. We can learn to accept them and their differences and realize they're an important part of our, cult, of our village and our economy and our culture. And then we can integrate with them and be happy together. Coexistence, not that they live here and they're – so they made it sound like the right choice was to exile these people so they would be left alone by the villagers. And the villagers would be happy left alone. I'm like, that just sounds like separate but equal to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I, I'm never going to advocate that. Yeah. So mm. – it's it's weird. I want to see where it's going to go. There's, there's They're sending me a lot of mixed messages. Or like making me feel like I'm... Or maybe they're trying to say being chaotic is good. I have no idea. It's mm-hmm. weird. I think I scared away some people. With no, that's rant. okay. No, it's good. I'm glad you talked about that. That's, that's good stuff. Um, okay. <laughs> so, you know... It was a bit longer of a spoiler warning, but I would love to hear back from some other people on this. Don't go – I'm not – like I said, I'm only at the part where I'm in the living tower 
So I haven't gotten too much further. I'm going to keep playing, try to get some more, but I'm really curious to see where this is going to go thematically. Because mm-hmm. as it stands right now, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I'm like the fact that I helped this ritual and the lady is down there right now, and she needs to, she's basically down in the, in the Tento area purifying herself before the Tento will, will collectively rape her. So she. Can, <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, this whole discussion, Tento is too close to the word tentacle, and it's really creeping me out. Well, they are bug people. Ah. All right, enough of this. Enough All of right. this. <laughs> be, be I think you found Quinn. a game that's more disturbing than any most any experience I've had. Well, <laughs> I'd be interested to hear what Quinn games. has to say. You have a little. You have a lot of J- Japanese experience. Yeah, he knows tentacles. What do you think, John? I haven't played the game, so I can't really comment. <laughs> what about really? You I've... can't really comment on that on those ideas or that story or anything. It doesn't I, it... invoke any feelings in you whatsoever. <laughs> Well, I've got to admit, I was actually going half asleep during that whole thing. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I it's boring. Nobody wants to hear about Devil Summoner. Oh, fine. Is but Devil I mean, Summoner 1 like this too, Manny? No, it's pretty straightforward. Okay. It is like as straightforward as it gets. I, actually, but it, out of curiosity, Manny, how far did you say you were through the game, like sort of rest percentage-wise? Like about like halfway. All right. I was just uh, – I mean, I, say, I think what – I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, Japan does some really – fucking weird stories at times but um i was just trying to figure out if it's just one of those things where they try and set something up and then ultimately turn it around but yeah that's what i'm wondering too that's what i'm wondering too yeah i just wonder if there's more i i just wonder if there's more to it than that i hope so i would hope so yeah okay. i mean well i mean i would personally hope so too because then it would actually suggest that the story has you know depth which, <laughs> kind of- yes which is, that's what i'm saying i'm like right now they're leaving me wondering and i'm wondering if that's the if that's the point right now, and if so, when I come back and it comes back around and it delivers on this, I'll say, like, bravo, good job. Yeah. If they don't, it'll be like, really, man, you made me go through all of that for nothing. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So that's where I am right now. I mean, that's what you guys wanted. Devil's no, Hunter playthroughs, you got it. Um, okay, John, what have you been yeah. playing? All right, so um, Chris wanted to hear about this. So I've been playing um, Game Dev Tycoon, which. Ooh, I heard about this. May- which may sound familiar to another game, game story. Which, in which we talk about. Yeah, Game Dev Story. Uh, Wait, is that now, this is, same people? I only first heard about this. I first heard about this game thanks to a, it was a, a news post, which um, obviously the, the whole point about both Game Dev Story and Game Dev Tycoon is they're both uh, like game developer simulators. Now, according to the, the uh, developer blog... On the same day the game was released on the Windows Store, um, they released a copy of the game um, on uh, torrent sites uh, to, see, to, you know, to do their own sort of little investigation into how much... Um, sorry, I really need to belch. <laughs> okay. Um, they did. They, you know, presumably do their own little investigation on, um, like, you know, how much... Uh, piracy was affecting their sales and stuff um and so what they did was uh they basically you know they kind of like spoofed a text file to make it look like it was being done by an actual like sort of cracking organization or whatever and they released it on i think it was the pirate bay or something like that and now the the difference between the uh the game that you buy off their site and or the on the windows store and the pirate version is in the pirate version, um, after, uh, I think, very early in the game, 
um, the games that your company develops will fail to make sales, and then you'll get a little pop-up message that the reason why that's happening is because everyone is pirating your games. <laughs> I love it. Which is, well, quite fiendish when you think about it. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, the actual game itself doesn't have any form of DRM at all. No, it's just... Like, I could, I could like, make a... I could yeah. probably conceivably make a copy of it, give it to David, and it would it, do... Yeah, and this is just the version they released on a torrent that has this yeah. stuff in it. Yeah, and, they, and I think that their, their graph showed that on the first day or something, it was like 6,000 people had downloaded it and only like 300 bought it. But I think those numbers have probably gotten better now. It's so great. Particularly after the publicity caused by the... Uh, by their little uh, stunt. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, I think generally the thing here is it is basically the same as... Um, well, it shares a lot of elements with Game Dev Story. Mm-hmm. In the, 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 like, the general setup is much the same. Um, you know, you have your set of like fictional consoles and um you basically you you pick a pick a genre you pick a platform um uh, you pick a game type and then you know you you build games uh what it does do is um i think kind of like it sort of increases slightly increases the complexity of the actual development process um so three times during the development of any game that your company does you you get these like pop-up sliders which affect different um, which reflect like different aspects of um, uh, the development during the process. Um, whereas I seem to remember when you did in Game Dev Story, um, basically once you started the game, you did basically you just got a pop up where you uh, picked a member of staff that covered a particular aspect, and there were something I think it was four stats that your game had. It was like playability, graphics, design, and sound, or something. Mm-hmm. I think those were the four. In uh, Game Dev Tycoon, they simplify it down to just design and technology. And then the um, uh, the um, uh, like basically everything just kind of contributes to those two things rather than having four separate ones. And so the sliders affect uh, how much gets contributed to... Um, design how much gets contributed to technology and the uh the best way of producing each genre has its own little balance between uh sort of optimal balance between technology and design that you've got to adjust these sliders to try and get so i just i just looked it up the um like so for example during stage one of the development um so sort of the first 33 percent you've got a slide you got to choose between engine gameplay and story and then uh, stage two is dialogues, level design, and AI. And then stage three is world design, graphics, and sound. Um, and then the other thing that the game includes basically is um, uh, very early on, you have to basically program your own engine to, you know, sort of run your games in. And you, there are, uh, the research mechanic basically works the same as it does in in Game Dev Story, as in as you develop games you pick up research points and then you use those points to make uh, re- uh, get new topics and um research new graphical options and stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's a fun little game little on the expensive side i think it's uh eight dollars here yeah something like that it is for you it was 6.49 euro yeah it, it, for us it was like seven total because it goes down to 550 but then they add vat on it oh of course, it does also mean that um, that whole thing of uh, 
uh, it basically, uh, you know, you've got the knockoff game console names, but that means you go around creating knockoff game titles as well. Cool. Uh, they even have, um, uh, there's a screenshot on the site, which is a uh, reference to Steam. One of the like later research and development projects is la- effectively launching your own digital distribution platform. My only problem with this game is it's not mobile. Yeah, yeah, it's a actually well, actually because it's on the Microsoft Store, doesn't that mean it could go on to maybe like, Windows Eight devices? Yeah, yeah, and it would go on Windows Eight devices, but that's yeah, because I have one of those. You know? Yeah, you don't have a Surface. No. Are you gonna get a seven-inch Surface Xbox? No. What? You've been hearing no. those rumors, right? That, yeah, uh, Microsoft's no, I'm not. A, a Surface branded tablet for Xbox? No. Hmm. I want it mobile. <laughs> I like their FAQ. The first question: Why is the game not free? <laughs> well, uh, if I buy the game now, would I get a Steam key later? Hey, that's and yes. Oh, that's nice. Oh yeah, because okay. it's on because uh, it's on um, uh, Greenlight at the moment, actually. Yeah, why aren't they on Desura? I have no idea. I don't That's know how Desura works. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I probably, have, well, I, That's I probably why they're not on. Nobody knows. <laughs> I don't know. I, I prefer don't. humble bundles of Desura myself. I imagine it, it does strike me as the kind of game that will end up in a humble bundle at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the humble. St- uh, did you know they have a separate store? They use a widget that gives you basically, um, like for example, if you go to FTL the FTL website, they have a Humble Bundle store widget on their page, and you pay like uh, $5, and you get the game DRM-free on on Mac, PC, Linux, and you get a Steam key. Yeah, yeah. Humble is basically a a store shop provider for a lot of these indie people. Yeah, and honestly, that's my favorite, like, indie store right now. It's because I I get the Steam key as an archive for myself, but then I play the DRM-free copies. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's nice that I have like a bunch of like I've bought lots of other games like that, and it's nice to have the you know the Steam key is a nice little backup just in case, but then have the DRM free copies, and you can re-download them because it has the humble bundle store page with all your account info. Yeah, I, I, I much better than a lot of other services. It's true. It's true. It's true. And I got so many humble games, and I haven't played like half of them even. Like oh man, look at these Cave Story Plus. Adam Zombie Smasher, Dust Force, all these things I want to play. I think I think I already have Cave Story Plus, actually. It's one of the ones I got on Steam, though. I apparently own two different copies of Legend of Grimrock. I don't even know how that works. Who knows? Why is it listed twice? I don't understand. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shank and Shank 2, because I want to play either of those. Oh, I should play Binding of Isaac. I have that. Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, you probably, you probably should play uh, Binding of Isaac. Yeah, play it before the the Rebirth version comes out. I ha- oh okay, really? Well, just you know, get a few runs, uh, get an idea of what the game is, and then when you play the Rebirth, you'll appreciate all the changes and the improved mechanics and the better engine. What is the Rebirth? Is that a free update or no? No, no, Rebirth is a brand. <clears throat> yeah, I was sorry, Manning, go on. Oh, I was going to say, it's a brand new game. Uh, it's being done by the people who did the port of VVV and Cave Story Plus. Uh, they're working closely with Edmund McMillan, and it's going to have a brand, an entire new expansion on top of the, on top of the main game. It's getting uh, new visuals. It's basically going to look like a cross between a Super Nintendo game and a Game Boy Advance game. And on what platform? Um, everything, apparently. Vita, PlayStation 3. So you said the port of, th- of VVV, VVV, the port of it to what? 
of to to consoles. Oh, okay. And Wait, like did, Kickstarter did plus the Mac to consoles. Well, I don't know. I just like, I just oh, remember they did the port. It's on like th- DS or something. I think. There you go. Okay. But yeah, so uh, tons of new content, uh, new items, uh, new bosses, new levels, uh, cool Game Boy Advance style artwork, uh, new music. And oh, best part, it's not in Flash anymore, so the game is going to be smoother and more responsive. Mm. Yeah, I think that was actually the – because, I mean, David likes Binding of Isaac a lot, and he's playing it right now. Um, but he doesn't quite like the the, new, the art style that um, uh, the Rebirth is taking. Um, oh, I love it. I do think I do think that the re- removing Binding of Isaac from the the shackles of Flash is probably a good thing. Oh, it's so bad at this point they can't add more content if they wanted to. Hmm. It's so bloated the Flash version, the Flash version they're using. But the art style though, it's interesting. If you ask Edmund McMillan, like on Forum Spring or on his blog, why he has a new art style, and he just straight up says, "I hate the old one. I can't stand to look at it anymore. It's such garbage." Is what he basically says. I I did it for myself. Because if I'm going to work on this game and do new stuff, I can't look at the same old artwork anymore. <laughs> okay, that's that's interesting. Oh, indie devs, they're honest. I, I, yeah. So for some reason, I always thought that like um, Binding of Isaac was associated with Jonathan Blow. Is that not true? No, okay. uh, not at all. So it's no, just... Edmund, Edmund McMillan and uh, Edmund McMillan did the programming. I can't remember the name of the. The sorry, Evan McMillan did the art. I can't remember well, the name of the programmer. And Danny Barrett head... is the uh, music guy. Is one of them yeah. associated with other indie games? Uh, I well, Danny B also, um is uh, well, no, he no, because I'm thinking the other major soundtrack of his that I've listened to was Super Meat Boy. It was the same same developer. Jonathan mm-hmm. Blow is Braid. Right, right, right. But like the the uh, the, the one we have, Isaac I, guy. I, the guy who made the game, Binding of Isaac, did he make another game first that people knew him from? Well, um, Super Meat Boy. Super, oh, it's Meat Boy. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's yeah, what it's half the Super Meat Boy team. Okay. Half he the also Meat Boy did team. Bun- he did a bunch of other stuff as well. Um, he, like, but I think Super Meat Boy is the one where his popularity like really hit off. He's done Actually, like a number of like some other smaller games. If you want to see uh, Edmund McMillan's earlier games, there's a collection called the Basement Collection. That combines all of his early games that you saw in Indie Game the Movie. Oh, I, I don't really want to see those. I just wanted to know which one he was. That's all. Yeah, the one that everyone the one that everyone hates. The one that everyone hates is the Fez guy. Phil Fish. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Sorry. Oh, if you want to know more, um, if anyone wants to see the artwork or keep up, there's a or just see some stuff on Eugenics. It's a go to Edmund McMillan's blonde blog. It's I think it's called edmundm.com. Mm-hmm. You can see some of the new artwork there and stuff like that. And Chris, I sent you an article for the Mugenics thing if you want to check it out. I yeah, think that game's right up your alley. Okay. Cool. Wow. Interesting. I'm looking. Well, never mind. Forget it. All right. Let's hit the news then, right? Or did you play something else, John? No, that was basically it. I've been, I've been boring this week. Okay. Well. First thing we can let you know is if you are a Diablo 3 fan or have been skipping on it saying, hey, I don't play these action RPGs till they're out on a console. Well, good news. You can now pre-order Diablo 3 for your PlayStation 3. And if you do it, you'll get access to a piece of in-game equipment called the Infernal Helm. Which, I, it seems so strange because loot is so interchangeable and almost meaningless in yeah, this game. What does it do? Hmm. I'm just wondering how long will you actually keep it? 
Uh, I seem to remember that the Infernal Helm had like an EXP boost effect. Yeah, on it. it's got an XP buff. So you're gonna be keep so you're gonna, like for at least for the first playthrough, you're gonna have it the whole time. We're about Probably. level one. The Infernal Helm confers a plus XP bonus to help you whip your new PS3 characters in a tip-top shape. Plus, it looks sweet as hell on all five Mortal Heroes of Sanctuary. Yes. Okay. This hasn't been confirmed for Xbox yet, though. But we all know it's coming, right? Well, we assume it's coming, or maybe next box. I don't know. Xbox Fusion Infinite Infinity 720. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think Infinity is the latest name I've heard for the uh, as a rumor for the next. I heard I heard Infinite, not Infinity, because there's going to be some brand confusion between Xbox and Xfinity from Comcast and uh, what and Bioshock. Bio Xbox no, Infinite, no. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite. See, people. Can yeah, confuse. but I think it's more confusing to like a mass market X Infinity and Xbox and Xbox Infinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't know if you guys have Xfinity in the UK. Probably not. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think we do. Because Comcast doesn't exist here. Oh, you're so lucky. No, we just have to put up with other companies. Oh, that are just as bad. <laughs> yeah, arguably so. Okay, this game I'm actually interested in. I, and unfortunately, nobody here has played it. What? So Mars, wa- Mars War Logs, right? Mars War Logs. Yes. Mars. For some reason, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Mars Warlogs. Hey, this is this is this is like the developer you always see at E three, the of orcs and men people. Yeah. <laughs> what? what does that mean? <laughs> orcs of, of of orcs and men was okay. <laughs> okay. At best. Yeah. And it was so bad. Like last year, I got the, the demo. I got was literally the same demo I got last year, the year before, to the point where it was like. Should I even write a preview about this? It was literally he used the exact same wording, the exact same for everything. It was literally the same thing, except the the orcs look shinier. <laughs> okay, so what this one is is basically this game. Think like a Total Recall. Mutants are underground, but and there's a resistance, and they're fighting the big evil empire or something. Hmm. It's a it's a small like twenty dollar download. And I'm guessing, like, I don't know how long the game is, but apparently there's some hand-to-hand combat system. It's, it's like a poor man's Witcher on, set on Mars. Yeah, why not? I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, I always like the idea of smaller titles like this. I don't know if it's any good, though. That's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'm just saying, anyway, it's out now. So. Yeah, it is out now. It's currently available on Steam, and it'll be on Xbox Live and play at PSN in the near future. And, I don't know, it's an action RPG, because yeah. we need more of those. Know. I don't know how long it is. I don't know we how don't long ha- it- We don't know if it's any good. Uh, the, the video trailer we have is kind of useless for figuring out anything about the game, because it doesn't look like an action <laughs> RPG. I... Yeah. Oh, watch the combat trailer. Here we go. Here oh, we go. there's a review. From IGN. What they say? Let's see. The only review I can see. The only I've review seen. that matters. Of course. <laughs> IGN, where you go for your RPG needs. Okay, I'm scrolling to the bottom, scrolling, scrolling. 5.3. Oh, Medio- this, so this is an action RPG in the vein that, you know, Yakuza 3 would be an action RPG. Huh? No, no, okay, no, never mind. So it's third person, you're rolling around, you're beating stuff yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. With a, a poor man's Witcher, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. The plus is strong combat, endearing ambition. (laughs) 
That almost seems like a, like a back-ended compliment. <laughs> they had good ideas. <laughs> oh, it's endearing. Isn't that cute? They tried. Okay, so the negatives are losing momentum early, clunky UI and controls, poor storytelling. Mm-hmm. 5.3, mediocre. Mars Warlogs aims too high for its limited budget, but its ambition carries it further than you'd think. Well, it looks like huh. you have magic, too. So you roll around, you beat people up, you magic them. And I'm not seeing him collect any loot or anything, so I don't know if that's part of the game. I okay, apparently so. RPG Fan has a review. What did RPG Fan think? I don't know. Going now. RPG Fan. It's a light news week, folks. This is all we got to talk about. Mars. Mars War Logs. Okay, here we go. They give it a 70%. And pros, decent combat and character progression, a unique setting. Poor dialogue and voice acting, abrupt ending, everything is underdeveloped are the cons. Bottom line, a messy average war uh, Western RPG with poor writing set on Mars. <laughs> like how we have to say the set on set Mars. Set on Mars. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Mm, so there's a middling game if you want, because nothing else coming out this week. Nothing else. Guys, new releases. There's like nothing till the end of May as far as like stuff that we've been following for a while i'm sure there's gonna be some indie stuff that pops out that we don't have in our database but um as far as big stuff yeah it's gonna be a while Uh, i think the next one is this next game actually honestly i think the biggest release of may is the reveal for for the xbox you're probably right um on may 30th though you'll have a chance to buy uh the denpamen 2 beyond the waves for the 3ds eShop. Um, the first game was a standard turn-based RPG with a unique augmented reality creature-catching element. And the second game should be very similar to that. Some people liked it. Some people did not like it um, as far as the first one goes. And, hey, you get to use the real world to catch creatures. So, Hey, wait a minute. Didn't Soul Sacrifice just come out? Yeah, just came out. Huh. Any, any hear any buzz on that for Vita? I mean, that's the Vita Monster Hunter-like game. Uh, it's not Monster Hunter-like is the only thing that I keep hearing. <laughs> okay, so it's despite it how it looks, it's not right. Monster Hunter-like. Right. So it, it plays different than Monster Hunter, but it's... I don't know. I haven't heard anybody, like, really praising it, though. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We need, a, we need a good review of that up. Do we have one? Let's see. RRP Gamer. Um, I forgot to look over the reviews this week. Uh, For all the reviews? Yeah, we got one. We got one. Okay. So, Still Sacrifice. Here we go. Intriguing story and lore, fun, fast-paced battles, great audio and visual presentation. This is from Michael Apps. Um, But there is a disconnect between the story and gameplay, a lack of variety in enemies and spells, and no real hook to keep multiplayer engaging. Three and a half out of five. Oh, okay. So it it doesn't sound like it's terrible. So if you're looking for an action game where you're killing big monsters, Soul Sacrifice is a thing. And I think this is the one where you want to do co-op, right? Um, I don't remember. It's interesting, though. There's a lot of games coming out right now that are just okay. Is that worth full retail? Just Ooh, okay. I am, if you've got nothing else to play. Well, yes, it is. If you Vita, want something right? on your Vita. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, let's see what our forum people are saying. Nice review. Um, every review mentions how good the story is, which is something I didn't expect. So, I, so the story's good. So, um,. I don't know. There's a there's a demo, so try it. 
it sounds like it's one of those games that isn't reviewing stellarly, but that people are having fun with. It sounds like so. <laughs> so do uh, do 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 the demo and uh, check it out and, and get into that <laughs> and let us know because I, I I can't spend money on games unless they're stellar at this point because of you know wedding and house buying. <sighs> Wives, I know. <laughs> River City Ransom Two is currently in development, and there's going to be crowdfunding for it this summer. Ooh. We've gotten to the point where we announce future Kickstarters. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, all right, well, forget it. <laughs> no, I just think it's interesting, though. It's we already in development, yet they need to kickstart it, so figure that one out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know who's doing it. Combat Studios is who's doing it, so look for more for that to come. More info on that to come, rather. Eve Online, check this out. I put this story in here basically so I'll read it, but (laughs) I need to know about it. So so they're going to change mining and harvesting in their in their new Odyssey expansion that's coming up. Um, So there'll be new more bulk minerals such as titanium and pyrite, and there'll be additional ice belts for miners. And um, yeah, (laughs) I hope they didn't save the keynote for that. (laughs) <laughs> Although it would be rather amusing if they did. No, I think they. I, mean, I think the keynote was about other things, but I mean, because amusing. I mean, when I, because they recently had their fan festival in Iceland. Yeah, just right? last I saw week. The, yeah. I saw the. Um, I saw the streams pop up on Twitch temporarily. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I when I went on to one myself, which was back in um, 2006. Now, so you know, seven years ago. Which means I think Eve has done fairly well for itself, considering it's... And it's getting it's... a ton of press this week. Everyone, yeah, they um, like got all I mean, the big press out to this year's event and stuff, so there's stories all over the place. Yeah, I, just would, I mean, because the, um, the, the keynote when I was there in 2006 was um, uh, the announcement of the, uh, like the, the merger of them and White Wolf. Mm-hmm. So the, like, the kind of like the official announcement for uh, World of Darkness Online, basically. <laughs> or the official announcement that, yeah, I mean, like the official announcement that they were going to make it, kind of thing. Right. That that, that, that was going to be a thing at some point in the future. I mean, bear in mind that one of the other presentations back in 2006 was basically this is how we're going to try and do the game over the next 10 years. So they already had like fairly ambitious plans, like long term plans. It just would be rather amusing if the keynote for 2013 is, hey guys, we're changing mining. Although, admittedly, considering how important mining is to the like the player economy in Eve Online, um, if they had like something really significant, then I could see them using like a keynote on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, I I think you can find stories of what the keynote was actually about. But uh, yeah. um, wow, a lot of info on that. I'm gonna read it later because it affects me because I do mining. All right. Uh, yeah, I should probably read it too at some point, just in case. <laughs> uh, ooh, this is interesting. So Nintendo is selling refurbished 3DS and DSi systems that come with a one-year warranty. So if you want a refurbished 3DS, it'll be 130. If you want a refurbished DSi XL, it'll be 100. And uh, they also have bundles that have games like Ocarina of Time with the 3DS and Mario Kart DS with the DSi. So you can find that on the Nintendo Store over at store.nintendo.com. And they come with a one-year warranty, right? Come with a one-year warranty. And apparently they are cheaper than what GameStop sells a refurbished console for. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, a new and refurbished 3DS is $169.99. Um, 
Oh, a new one's one hundred sixty nine ninety nine. A refurbished one's one fifty nine ninety nine. So GameStop barely cutting any money off the the refurbished. So that's, that's and apparently Nintendo also gives you like the a free game. Am I crazy? No, uh, you can get a bundle. Okay, and the bundle's still significantly cheaper than yeah, the bundle is. Oh, I'm sorry. So the what? Uh, so the bundles are certain color combinations. And I don't hold on. I'm sorry. Give me a second here. It's a bundle, so it basically adds thirty or forty bucks to the price, depending if it's a DSi or DS or 3DS. Which honestly, I would recommend not going with the 3DS bundle, because Ocarina of Time 3D can probably be found for less than forty bucks used. I don't. Oh, okay, used. I was gonna say. Yeah, Nintendo I know Nintendo pr- doesn't drop prices, but um, well, whatever. Anyway, it's on their site. So for the price of a new 3DS, you can get one that comes with Zelda. You know, is, is refurbished with a one-year warranty. That's cool. Unfortunately, it's not a 3D, 3DS XL. Which, yeah. Is the new Animal Crossing out yet? Out of curiosity? No, not yet. Okay. Um, when does that come out? Animal Crossing 3DS. What makes me sad about that game? Yeah? You can't change the skin tone of your little guy. Oh. I know. I can't be a little Emmanuel running around. That sucks. <laughs> I have to be a little cupid doll. June 9th. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we already talked about Game Dev Tycoon. That's that's the next story here. Oh, Earthbound, the series creator, uh, Itoi, uh, Shigesato Itoi, he made a comment on a tweet to a fan asking for making asking him to make a Mother 4. He replied, impossible. <laughs> so if, if you've been holding out for another Earthbound game, looks like uh, not going to happen. Did he say, did he elaborate why on the impossible? No, he just said impossible. He li- That's literally all he said. <laughs> for all we know, it could be impossible because he's like, no, I don't have the patience for that. It'd be impossible for me or to do it. Or he's punking us. Nah, yeah, maybe not. E3 2013. Mother 27. <laughs> Mother 27. <laughs> there have been a lot of them, right? That's why we skipped 4 through 26. <laughs> that's how, <laughs> it's going to be like the old republic of mothers. Yes. It's so big. <laughs> it's so big. It's six games in one. Uh, Ragnarok Online 2. Who's been waiting for Ragnarok Online to have a sequel? I gotta admit, this one came out of, like, completely out of left field. Yes, it did. Like, seriously, whether they were they were making a Ragnarok Online 2? What the hell? I, they've been, they've been, seem to be content with the money they're bringing in from the first one still, you know? Um, well, I mean, I only mention it because I, I think the, the original Ragnarok Online was, like, one of the first MMORPGs I actually tried. Like, way, way back when it first appeared in... Um, it may have not even when it came out in Europe at the time. May, I may have tried it out on the suggestions of, a um, uh, like, an American friend of mine. Okay, so um, here's where we find out we, we're just kind of uninformed, all right? Yeah. So it turns out that Ragnarok Online 2 was a free-to-play... I, I think, or it was a, it is, uh, a game it, it that already came out. Play. Ragnarok Online 2, The Gate of the World. And this is called Legend of the Second, and it is a remake of Ragnarok Online 2. Right. Because <laughs> on Steam, it is just called Ragnarok Online 2. Yeah. Well, it's not out I on mean, Steam I, yet. Oh, it is out on like, Steam. May, May 1st. Yeah, it is out on Steam. And, yeah, so you can go and get it on Steam and play it. I guess the... So they did a remake and essentially a relaunch of the second game. Um, and yeah, so th- it's been an open beta for a while, since December. Um, but yeah, it just sort of flew out of goddamn nowhere suddenly. And you can uh, ride around on a tortoise, it looks like. Yeah, but you could do that in World of Warcraft. 
I did. I must admit, I did actually try downloading it because I thought, well, yeah. you know, I, I played the original. I, I, you know, it wasn't bad. I just went to play other games, kind of thing. And not to mention, it was a Korean grind fest, so I don't think I was going to be long for it. Um, I think at one point, actually, I, I did try the like the. I think I did try the server software for it once, you know, for that whole mess from the, the Ragnarok online source code being stolen and all right, that. Right, right. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I'll give it, you know, sort of give it, a, give it a fair shot. So I downloaded it last night and then it didn't work. Oh, why didn't it work? Uh, I haven't, still haven't actually managed to figure that out there. You click play on the launcher and then the game never starts. <laughs> so, you know, good start there, guys. Good start. I mean, you know, for all of the problem, for all of the problems that Final Fantasy XIV had, at least it fracking worked. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, so there you go. <laughs> Ragnarok Online Two, it's out, and it looks like it's they're keeping their cutie artwork style thing going on. Um, just now, it's all three D. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's all in three D now because I know the original was like. Uh, the original it was, was all like 2D, yeah, yeah. It was all two D sprite stuff. Yeah. I seem to remember. Yeah, I like its art style. Um, I just wish the gameplay was more interesting. Um, all right. Uh, if you'd like to pre-order Shadowrun Returns, I've got good news for you. You can do that right Wait, now. You could have been pre-ordering that for like since January. Well, you can now pre-order it on Steam. Which means that if you want those dog tags, too late. Ah, okay. So for seventeen ninety nine, it's a discounted price at first. Um, I guess it'll normally be twenty. It's uh, you can pre-order it on Steam, or you can pre-order a digital deluxe edition, normally thirty five, marked down to thirty two, and it will include the soundtrack and the Shadowrun Returns anthology. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that. If you would have pre-ordered like just one week ago, you could have got it for fifteen dollars instead. Mm, good point. And sorry, anyone who buys it. Anyone who wanted to get it after the Kickstarter DM free, tough luck. Tough luck. Yep. My favorite story of the week. Nintendo ha- sent a message to all Wii owners telling them what a Wii U is. <laughs> so if you're I, still, uh, yeah. What? If you're still using your Wii, Nintendo sent you a message that says, quote, it's time to discover the Wii U. Wii U is the all-new home console from Nintendo. It's not just an upgrade. It's an entirely new system that will change the way you and your family experiences games and entertainment. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it sounds like a joke, but it's actually quite funny. Even Awada recently has admitted that their biggest, one of the biggest problems they've had is com- communicating to people, with normal, everyday people like soccer moms, you name it, that the Wii is not a controller peripheral. The Wii is not a controller peripheral. It's a new console, a different console. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's so funny, too, because if they just would have maybe... I'm thinking, what if they would have just called it the Wii 2? Just call it something else. <laughs> Instead of, like, what, the Wii U. It's like, just, oh, that's the new console. People weren't buying it Wii, because right? it was called Wii. They were buying it because it was from Nintendo and had motion controls. So they honestly didn't even need to stick with the Wii name, in my opinion. You're probably right, 100%. I, I heard a lot of people just call it... You had that Ninten- new Nintendo? Wii, new Nintendo? Like, maybe we after. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Nintendo games. What was the last one? The Nintendo Entertainment System, right? It's like, yeah, that was the last one. <laughs> I don't even think they even say Nintendo Entertainment System. Well, they could. They should just call it the NES. You know, it's it's true. It's like, uh, like it's funny. Even like among among older people or many immigrants, sometimes like an entire brand of something will just be like instead of diapers, it'd be like, oh, we need to go buy some more Pampers. Did you get the Pampers for your kid? 
good point. It's the same way, like the, all video game systems for a while were Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Stop playing the Nintendo. Stop playing the Nintendo. Stop playing Nintendo and get ready for Final Fantasy fourteen. It's launching this summer. And that's all they've said. <laughs> they didn't give a date. Just sometime this summer. Coming out on Windows and PlayStation 3. So finally got a date. And finally got a time frame for the P- PS3 version. Um, what are we talking about again? Final Fantasy fourteen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of our people on staff recently played the whole thing, right? Well, not the whole thing. The, the latest version. I've played the beta a little. I've spent a couple hours in it. Who who's who played it on staff? Do we have a preview up or something? It was like a big enough preview like a month ago. Oh, really? Cuz yeah, the the closed beta is like NDA'd, so I don't know what they what they I think were he playing. went to an event. Yeah, okay, cool. So go find that in our archive. And I th- I know they're going to be showing it again at E3. Of course. So You got to go check that out then. for us. Okay. <laughs> most important thing for you to do there, right? Alright. Do you like Shenmue, Manny? Um, I don't know. You, you don't know? I'm being honest, because I, I might want to say yes, but I don't know if that's in the, those are rose-tinted nostalgia glasses goggles I'm wearing. What about you, John? I, do you like Shenmue? Did you ever play it? I liked, I, despite, despite having a Dreamcast, I never played it. All right. I will say this. I liked it at the time. I liked walking around this like fully realized... 1985 Japanese city. Is that one of I those games was, that you can't go back to now because open world I, games are I done so much know. better? I mm. don't know. That's why I, I'm curious to go play it again, but I wonder, because it was one of the first, like, sort of like one of those big open world games where you can literally open every drawer, pick up every item. Mm-hmm. You had like a daily routine. I just wonder, though, if I can go back now and I can still enjoy it the well, way I did before. Say you want to enjoy Shenmue without having to go back and play the game and perhaps ruining your memories. We have an option. How would I do this? By buying a figure, a statue? You could buy the Shenmue statue that's now available for pre order. Um, he's available. He looks so weird. Rio is available in regular edition for $169.99 or exclusive edition for $184.99. Uh, both are about a one sixth scale, they're about a foot tall, uh, made of hand painted polystone, numbered bases, 750 copies of the regular editions and the exclusive st- edition which features him standing on the game's Phoenix Mirror, whatever that is, will have 350 copies. What's a Phoenix Mirror? It's uh, the, what the whole story rolls around. Oh, okay. So apparently this, this guy called Landy comes into his house and kills his father and steals the Phoenix Mirror. All right, so there's a picture of him standing on the Phoenix Mirror. Oh, okay. Well, that's it's, interesting. I don't, I want, you know, I'm curious. I want to go back and play Shenmue 2. Oh, yeah? And I want to see if that's any good. Well, um, if you're going to Gamescom this year, you'll have a chance to play Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> That's almost the same, right? John, you going to Gamescom? Uh, not this year. I can't oh, afford it. All right. It's taking place I mean, August given- 22nd to 25th in Cologne, Germany. So you got to get yeah, out there. Yeah, given that I have to basically take a train to Germany in order to go. Well, there's also that ocean in the way, too. Well, it's it's less of an ocean, more of a uh, more of a sort of twenty mile wide foot of water, bit of water. A channel, so to say. Yeah, channel. So, a channel. Yeah, right. yeah. It was more a channel. It used to a be. A river, but... Is there a bridge? No, just no, a tunnel. No, a tunnel. It's a tunnel that you can only go through by train. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can drive a you can drive a car onto the train, but the tra- it's still a train that goes through the tunnel. See, that thing would terrify me because I'd be worried. Yes, that I am having to explain what the channel tunnel is. Yes, I would be terrified that it would. <laughs> <laughs> Say that a little louder. No, I'm not saying that. 
(laughs) (laughs) He said bloody Americans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, no, the the, the Channel Tunnel takes... I know about the channel because I I was alive when they were building the thing and there was Wait, Crystal, but you've been in Los Angeles on a subway. That didn't terrify you? Because it's not being constantly pressed on by tons and tons of water. Yeah, but we live in a place where there's like an earthquake like every day. Well, don't remind me. So you I'm just saying, if you're underground or even on the top of a tower, hey, earthquake. I'm out here in Wisconsin where we're only worried about random tornadoes, okay? I'm just saying, though, any time you're either up in a high building or underground, you don't have that fear. <sighs> what if you were in the shower during an earthquake and you slip and break your neck? Why would I break my neck from falling in the shower? Is that what it happens? happens all the time. Well, thanks for giving me another thing to be worried about, Manny. I really well, appreciate it. If you're that. old, then you just worry about falling and breaking your hip. Well, that's what I got life alert for. Life alert? Yeah. I've fallen, and I can't get up. Oh, and do you remember when Urkel took that as his, as his catchphrase? It was so bad. Wait, what uh, do you mean as his His catchphrase was, did I do that? Yeah, and then there was another one when he fell down. He'd be like, I've fallen, and I can't get up. He did not. I'm not even joking. That was that it's was his probably other a one time joke. Come on. Oh no. Oh come on now, dude. Are you joking? That was so overused. Oh, we gotta find that in YouTube. All right, it, back to Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> It'll finally be playable um, at Gamescom, not at E3. <laughs> Go figure that out. I have no idea why. Um, I guess they want as many months as they can to get the game polished up. Um, yeah. Are you worried that it's not playable at E3? I am a little. <laughs> All right. No um, have they talked about their monetization model yet? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, to my knowledge, I... no. I, I assume it's. I I don't know. <laughs> well, it was question. in development before free to play was the was, thing it is today. Yeah. Right? So I'm wondering. It has to be free to play though, right? There are already beta invites out there. Hmm. And we weren't invited. Nobody likes RP Gamer. Did I sign up for the beta? Hmm. Why does make everybody sure hate us? Yeah, what's up with that? I'm going to sign up now make sure I'm signed up. Sign up three times. This is your current chance rating. Oh, okay. Um, this is funny. Fill form. Okay. Anyway, uh, South Park, Stick of Truth, is still on track for 2013. See? We had a story about Boom. it. Boom. Ubisoft that. says, skill still scheduled for release in calendar 2013. Uh, yeah, but isn't um, some definitions of calendar 2013 like early 2014? No. No, that's fiscal. Oh, yeah. Calendar I just, I sweat, I, I, know, I mean, I know, cal- no, I, I know the calendar ends on, you know, December 31st, 2013, but I'm pretty damn sure I've heard companies try and, like, sort of weasel their way out of that. Oh, if they do that. Oh, at least they didn't say winter 2013. Then you know they would push that into, or like winter fiscal quarter. Oh, companies why you gotta lie to me <laughs> south park just come out already wait who's making it again obsidian so obsidian isn't it yeah uh zenimax actually Zenimax. oh wait 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 i'm sorry um you're talking about south park now i'm still yeah. looking at elder scrolls my apologies uh and that's all i got for stories guys Wait, Funitman, I think, just posted a YouTube video. Is it Steve Urkel? It must be. I oh, no, it's a Lifeline commercial. Oh. I've fallen in there. I can't get up. Hmm. 
Let me see. Oh, that Steve Urkel was so terrible. You know what? When I think back on it, I can't even imagine all the crap I watched on TGIF on ABC. Mm. Mm-hmm. Family Matters. What else was there? That's all I remember. Oh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, terrible shows. Yeah. For the life of me, I can't remember one other TJF. Oh, Step by Step. You remember that one? Yeah, I remember Step by Step. Because <laughs> it was in Wisconsin, right? I don't know. I just remember it because I remember that one. I like that one. Oh, okay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm applying for Elder Scrolls Online beta, and I have to list all the MMO multiplayer online games that I've beta tested. And there's so many. That's probably quite a lot. I can't remember them all. Is the problem. You should say all of them. <laughs> Select your playstyle. You can you can choose both casual and hardcore for your playstyles. <laughs> Let's see. I play solo, small. I play casual, and sometimes I play hardcore. Okay. Um, what are my preferred online games? Nobody cares about this. All right, guys. That's I guess that's our show for the day. Thank oh, you. it was Perfect Strangers. It was a TJF show for a while. Was it on TGIF? Yeah. And Family Matters comes from Perfect Strangers. Does it? Yeah. Um, so how's that a spinoff series? Okay, so Harriet Winslow was the elevator operator in Perfect Strangers. You're kidding me. I am not kidding. Why? Yeah. You know, she's pretty good. What if we give her a show where she's barely in it and not even the star? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that works? Oh, I think we're forgetting the most famous one, Full House. Ooh, That was TGIF? Apparently. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yep. Hmm. (sighs) There you go. Terrible shows. Terrible. Terrible. I knew the director was the boss. (laughs) I'm serious. I know know the director. Do you? Yeah, Asad Kalada. He lives in in, uh, Studio City. That's interesting. He also did growing. He also did a what's the, the show with the ladies? Uh, Facts of life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dummy. Boy meets world. There we go. All right then. That's enough reminiscing about <laughs> crappy nineties television. Yes, it is. All right. So we're gonna wrap up. Thank you everybody for joining us today. If you'd like to leave us feedback for the show, we want you to send it to a couple places. One podcaster at com. that's where your emails go that's where your sound files go like um the one we got earlier from the the ninja name guy that i can't remember now um because his name was weird the ohioan um let's see also board.rpgamer.com that's where our message forums are you can post a uh, post in there we can read it right here on the show and you can also call us at 608-729-4098. We're live every week at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on rpgamer.com slash live. We invite you to join us and be part of the chat room there. And uh, that's it. Um, we'll be here next week. And any other things for people to know? Yeah. The clapper. The clapper. <laughs> um, keep Please keep in mind, I'm going to get you guys ready for it now. June will be... Probably RPG cast free for the most part because I'm getting married and going on a honeymoon with Anna and that is going to make it very hard to do a show. So 
um, any shows. So I'm sorry to ban you guys during E3 month, but uh, maybe someone else will pick up the Slack on the site in the meantime. And uh, that's why uh, I'm making I, sure people know that now. <laughs> I might be able to do it. I okay. do now have a, uh, at least a reasonable quality camera. Sweet. And I do have a lot of, I will have E3 stories to be telling. Yes. Uh, and I do have a, I also do have a Twitch TV feed as well. Sweet. Like, but the I, important I, thing I just, is, well, we have. You stream through XSplit? I can't remember. I do stream through XSplit, and you could probably use Open Broadcaster now too. That, yeah. that new one. Um, uh, but the the important thing is to get a podcast posted at least on the site, even if we can't get it on the feed. Um, yeah. Oh, Funitmon volunteers to host. I said I can probably. I can. I think I've got now. Got enough now that I've upgraded my hard drives. I can. Uh, I can store a recording. So. Good. Yeah. I might be able to do it. <laughs> he says swearing is okay. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next week. And um, do we have a feedback question for them, Manny? Does oh, that work out um, What will you do while RPGamer's gone for all of June? <laughs> what will you do? It's like, what are you doing during the drought of RPGs this year? What are you going to do with the drought of RPG cast? <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week, everybody. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Chia. <laughs>